0: Today is Saturday, September 7, 2019. On this day in 1996, rapper Tupac Shakur was fatally shot just off the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. The rapper lived the sort of violent, criminal life he often sang about, and he had numerous enemies at the time of the attack. Although several suspects have been suggested, Tupac's murder remains unsolved to this day. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today we're going back to September 7th, 1996, when rapper Tupac Shakur and his music manager, Shug Knight, took what was meant to be a relaxing trip to Las Vegas. Instead, the men got into a fight with a rival gang member, and later that day, unidentified assailants fired into Suge's car, fatally injuring Tupac. Before we unpack the ramifications of the murder, let's go back to September 7, 1996, shortly before 8 p.m. at the MGM Casino in Las Vegas. The slots were hot. The women were smiling. There was no place on earth quite like Las Vegas. Tupac Shakur needed the night out. He'd been recording nonstop for the past eight months, preparing for his next album. It was good work, invigorating, but it was also exhausting. To make it all the more tiring, he'd been shot two years before. Rumors circulated that he had lost a testicle in the shooting, and the press had widely reported on Tupac's emasculation. It was humiliating. On top of that, Tupac had spent nearly a year in prison afterward. Friends had turned their backs on him, and Tupac had tasted bitter betrayal so often, he'd almost forgotten what loyalty felt like. But his new manager, Suge Knight, was different. Like Tupac, Suge came from the streets. Both men knew that blood was thicker than water. Not just the blood in their veins, but the blood they shed, too. Both knew that to get ahead, you had to rough some people up. They'd each fought their way out of their brutal environments. And now, here they were, in Las Vegas, running the high-rolling world of commercial rap. Money and fame had their perks, Like tonight, when Tupac got to play a few hands and flirt a bit before he and Suge watched Mike Tyson fight at the fabulous MGM Casino in Las Vegas. Not bad for a poor boy from Harlem. But when the fight was about to start, Suge Knight was nowhere to be seen. Tupac paced by the entrance, no tickets. That was just typical Suge. He always had your back so long as you acknowledged that he was in control. And his petty power moves ensured you never forgot it. Tupac had always had a temper. It had gotten him in trouble before, and he knew that Suge would have no patience for an outburst, but he didn't care. It was time to let Suge have it. With seconds to spare before the fight began, Suge pushed through the crowd. As quickly as it had begun, Tupac's fury abated. That was another of his traits. Quick to anger, quick to cool. He forced a smile and hoped it didn't look too strained. The pair gave their tickets to the usher and found their seats together. It was a good thing that Shug didn't arrive even a moment later, Mike Tyson entered the ring with a fury, knocking out his opponent less than two minutes into the match. It was an anticlimactic ending to hours of anticipation, but Tupac was thrilled by the quick and brutal fight. There was nothing like a tough guy who didn't put up with anything. Nobody was as impressive as the beast who shut an opponent down in seconds. As the fans filed out of the auditorium, Tupac crowed, 50 blows, 50 blows, I counted them. Suge seemed to be in a hurry. He broke the usual routine, steering Tupac back to the casino rather than filing backstage to congratulate Tyson on his victory. Tupac didn't know what the rush was, but he trusted Suge he let his manager dictate their route. Just as they emerged from MGM's auditorium, Tupac tried to push his way through the crowd. The press of people was constricting, and all he could see in any direction was a sea of bodies. But then, like the Red Sea parting, Tupac looked forward through a gap in the crowd and spotted someone he thought he'd never see again. It was Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, who'd publicly humiliated Tupac months earlier when Orlando and his friends jumped and robbed him. Tupac wasn't the paranoid type, but he was positive that Orlando was there to mess with him again. The rapper felt threatened, like an animal trapped in a cage. He was no coward. He was Harlem tough, but he knew what it meant to be vulnerable, to be scared, to think he was going to die. He never wanted to be a victim again. And the only way not to be a victim was to be the victimizer. With Suge by his side, Tupac strode towards Orlando with swagger. He called, you from the South? Before Orlando could do or say anything, Tupac pushed him against the wall. He could see the fear in Orlando's eyes. Good, scare the other guy enough and you don't have to feel scared yourself. Tupac was going to make sure that Orlando knew he wasn't to be messed with. He wasn't going to sit still and let his enemies come at him. You mess with Tupac? No, Tupac messes with you. A single punch dropped Orlando to the ground. Like Tyson had done in the ring minutes before, Tupac now dominated his opponent. No mercy, no playing, just a brutal, effective beatdown. A few kicks and thrusts later, and Orlando didn't have any fight left in him. Was that blood on his fists? Might be. All the better. Let him be an example. Let the people talk. For a minute, Tupac lost himself, caught up in the thrill of the fight. He was startled when a hand came down on his shoulder. He almost came around swinging, only to see that the man at his back was Suge Knight. Good old Suge, always thinking a few steps ahead. He indicated to the security camera mounted on the ceiling and said, let's go. Tupac couldn't agree more. He wanted his rivals to know he was tough, but he didn't need to go to prison again to prove it. Shug and Tupac hurried out of the casino past a bouncer who watched them with suspicion. Tupac settled into the passenger seat of Shug's BMW. He was still jazzed from the fight, loving the thrill. He felt alive. He turned to look at Shug in the driver's seat. It was great when someone had your back. As annoying as Shug could be with his tardiness and power plays, he always turned up when it counted. Whether he visited Tupac in prison or pulled him from the scene of the crime before the police could arrive, Suge was always there. Tupac wasn't worried about the security camera footage. Suge would take care of it. More importantly, Tupac knew that he didn't need to worry about Orlando Anderson anymore. After that beating, it would be a long time before anybody messed with Tupac Shakur again. Up next, Tupac learns that his confidence is misplaced. Now back to the story. On September 7, 1996, Tupac Shakur and his manager, Suge Knight, visited Las Vegas to watch a boxing match. The underwhelming fight was almost upstaged when Tupac jumped a rival in the casino lobby afterward. Only hours after the beatdown at the MGM casino, an unidentified assailant fired 10 to 15 shots into Suge Knight's car while they idled at a stoplight. While Suge escaped serious injury, Tupac took four hits to his chest and torso. Tupac was rushed to the University Medical Center of Southern Nevada, where he lingered in critical condition for six days. On September 13, 1996, Tupac Shakur died. Today, the shooting is still unsolved. Several suspects have been put forward as to the perpetrator of Tupac's murder. Most people agree that he died as part of the ongoing East Coast, West Coast hip hop rivalry. In November, 1994, Tupac was shot five times outside a recording studio in Times Square. Because the shooting was never solved, it's impossible to say the motive behind it, although Tupac suspected that Puff Daddy put a hit on him for threatening to leave the label, and that Puff Daddy's star performer Notorious B.I.G. was involved. Tupac survived the shooting only to sign with West Coast producer Suge Knight in October 1995. Presumably, Notorious B.I.G. and Puff Daddy ordered Tupac murdered to take out his competition's most lucrative artist. Adding fuel to this theory, Notorious B.I.G. was murdered on March 9, 1997, six months after Tupac's death. His murder, too, is unsolved. But Notorious B.I.G. isn't the only notable figure who's been suggested as Tupac's killer. Some believe that Tupac may have been killed by Orlando Anderson or his associates, as retribution for the beatdown Tupac initiated the same night he was shot. Others suggest that Tupac's manager, Suge Knight, put a hit on the artist because he was threatened by Tupac's success, or in response to the rumors that Tupac was considering founding his own, rival label. Thanks to a culture of silence, few of Tupac's friends or family members were willing to cooperate with homicide investigators. Even Suge, who witnessed the shooting firsthand, declined to give a statement to the police. After Tupac's death, the East Coast-West Coast rivalry continued to heat up, and the rap scene earned a reputation for brutal violence. But while the well-publicized crimes and scandals tarnished the reputations of many great musicians, they also led to more record sales. Today, Tupac has 11 platinum albums and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2017 he's widely regarded to be one of the greatest rappers of all time. And while his death was tragic, Tupac's reputation as an artist will never be overshadowed by his untimely murder. For more information on the life and death of Tupac Shakur, check out our episode of The Dark Side Of on Suge Knight, which comes out September 9th and explores the culture of violence that was so prevalent in the 90s rap scene. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, Maggie Admire, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime is written by Angela Jorgensen. I'm Vanessa Richardson.